good to be with you this morning. Man, if you are a guest with us today, if this is your first time, we are so happy to have you. If you're watching for the first time online, we're happy to have you here as well. Um, great week, great week to celebrate a couple of things. I want to celebrate just a couple pieces of things that, that have been going on. God's been doing good things, and it's been so awesome to see. One of the things that I want to talk about first is the uh, school supply drive. Um, we had, for about the last month or so, we've been collecting supplies. Um, there's been donations that have come in for, from financially even to make that all happen. But we, we've been partnering with Northeast Elementary. This is the first time with them. We've been partnering with North for uh, um, several years now and been doing that. And it's awesome to see all the kids come in. Um, got to spend a little bit of time there watching everything. But I want you to take a look at this video here um, with Spencer, our, um, uh, outreach and, uh, mission, our mission outreach pastor, and also uh, Toby car from the, the principal from the Northeast uh, Elementary. So I want you to take a look at this video first as we celebrate that. Hey guys, I'm Spencer Cowan, the Mission and Outreach Pastor at Northern Hills. We're here at Northeast Elementary hosting our school supply drive. We've already seen probably over 200 students come through. They have over 500 at the school. Uh, I literally just had to go back to Walmart to pick up some supplies. Uh, a lot of donations that you guys brought in went like that. And so we're restocking. A uh, lot of new families coming through, a lot of uh, older families from the, the school that have been here for a while. Uh, everyone's so appreciative. So guys, thank you. Great job with this partnership with Northeast. Uh, we're off to a great start. Can't wait to see what God has in store. Thank you so much, Northern Hills Church, for what you did to provide this to for our Northeast community. Our students and families were so excited when they walked in and they were able to get brand new supplies uh, to get their school year started. And because of you, our students will now have a successful start to the school year. We couldn't thank you enough. Thank you for being a blessing to our community. that. But what a great way to just get that relationship kicked off. And we are so excited about what we're going to be able to do there. We had a great time um, at Nor North Elementary, but we're really excited about what that looks like. And, and I'm so thankful for you guys. And thank you for your contributions in making that possible. That I love that this community here is impacting that community out there. And that's really our hope and dream as we do all the things that we have here. And, and really just excited about partnering with Northeast. So um, great job, guys. Really, really great job. Um, the second thing I want to celebrate is our baptisms last week. Man, it was a great weekend, and we had one service. We had some hamburgers, had some hot dogs, had some just some great time. It was fun to see everybody out on the hill in the back and just being able to celebrate the baptisms and people stepping forward and maybe just recommitting or just saying, man, you know what? I was baptized as an infant, and I want to be baptized now. I want to make that decision myself, but it was awesome. We had 18 baptisms last week and had a hot tub out there. It was fantastic. It was so much fun fun. Oh, what a great celebration and a great time to be able to celebrate that. So um, thank you for all who've been part of that, making that possible. And congrats to all those that were baptized this last week. It was fantastic. Well, this week we're starting a brand new series and it's called Influencers. And if you hear the word influencers, if you're at least my age or older, you hear the influencers and you think, okay, that's someone who's influencing someone else. And that's pretty easy, pretty obvious. But that word influencers has taken on a new life when it comes to the world of social media. And there's this all ideas that the people are identified as influencers in that area. And so, for example, an influencer is defined in this context as a person with the ability to influence potential buyers of a product or service 
by promoting or recommending the items on social media. We see this all, all, all over the place. But my question for you this morning is how many of you are influencers? How many of you are influencers? I wanted to see where I was in, in terms of Instagram status. So I, I looked up and tried to find out who was the, the most followed person on Instagram. And I found out that that person was Cristiano Ronaldo. Anybody know who Cristiano Ronaldo is? Okay, a couple, well, one. All right, we have one person that does. All right, so you must be a follower maybe. Um, and so Cristiano Ronaldo is a soccer player. He plays for Juventus um, FC, um, great things. He has 322 million followers on Instagram alone. I'm like, wow, that's, that, that's pretty good, all right? So I said, okay, how is that going to compare with me? How, how am I doing? Okay, I'm not that far behind. I'm, I'm at 178. It's not 178 million and not 178,000. It's truly just 178. And the interesting thing is you look at that, I'm actually following more people than are, that are following me. Uh, yeah, pretty sad. So I wanted to make myself feel a little bit better. So I thought, how am I going to compare? I'm going to compare myself to the pastors on staff here at Northern Hills. So I looked at Brandon, and I, I'm still looking for his profile. I, I don't know where he's at. <clears throat> um, and then I found Spencer. And Spencer had 154 followers, so I'm, I'm still doing good there. And then I got to Pastor Jackie. She had 696 followers. Don't clap for that. Come on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I swear, I, I think she's, she's paid for all of those. But, um, and, and I just realized that, man, I, I think I got some work to do. In order for me to be a social media influencer, I have my work cut out. Because by, by these measures, I'm not much of an influencer. See, this idea of in people influencing people's buying habits isn't new. We've been aware of this for a long time. It's been going on in advertising forever. Celebrities have been getting paid to use products or to wear products in the hope that others will see them doing that and they'll, they'll want to then buy that. But with social media, this has increased beyond even celebrities. It's now gone to others that they get free products or they get to go on these vacations and they, and they post all these pictures in hope that others will influence other people in that way. And there's nothing really wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. We've used advertising forever. We all know about it. Um, it's how people market their products and services. And there's, there's no doubt that, um, that social media has had an influence on society. And this, this idea, this whole concept and this practice has become definitely more prolific. And you can argue that there's, there's some negative things to it and maybe even a couple positives. And, and, and that's probably true. There's probably a, a reality of that. But overall... I think this idea of coming and becoming an influencer is a good thing. I think just today's society has got the definition wrong. So I want to go back to the question that I asked you just a bit, bit ago. Are you an influencer? Are you an influencer? If you're struggling with this idea, let me ask you this question. Who has influenced you? Think back throughout your life People, you know, with their words or their actions that have influenced your life, where you are ending up today, where you have gotten you right where you are. Was it a coach? Maybe a, a teacher? A parent? Maybe another family member, like even a grandma or a grandpa? Maybe it was a friend or a, a stranger or a neighbor or a colleague I mean, it's amazing how even strangers can have that impact on us, doesn't it? I mean, God uses all kinds of people to influence our lives. Circumstances come together that can sometimes even drastically change the direction of our life through these people. I was thinking about this in my life and some of the, the people that have influenced 
my life to get me to where I'm at right now, this, this role as, as lead pastor at Northern Hills Church. And I think back to some of the obvious ones, and, and some, some ones even like the elders. I mean, the elders had a choice at one point when Rob stepped down that they were saying, okay, who's going to be our next lead pastor? Is it, are we going to go find somebody else, or are we going to have John take over that role? And so they had a huge influence, and, and they even continued with their, their support and their encouragement, and they're coming beside me today. They've been so incredibly vital for me. Before that, I think back to when Rob was here, and he was the lead pastor before me, and he hired me on as the executive pastor. I had um, met Rob when I was um, executive pastor at another church, and we got to build a good relationship and got to know each other really well. And, and through that time, I actually went back into the marketplace, and he approached me, and he said, hey, I want you to come back, and I want you to, to become the ex executive pastor here at Northern Hills. So he had a huge influence on getting me to where I am today. I think about even some of the groups of the pastors that I meet with on a monthly basis, the, the support and the influence, and, and even as we've read books and studied things together, how they've come beside me and just really supported me in my role. And especially one guy, Mark Hardiker, for the Landing Place um, lead pastor, has been a huge influence on my life. I think back to even before that, my first step into full-time ministry was because of a guy named Dave Roche. He was the lead pastor of the church that, that I came out here to help start. But I was in, in, in the pharmaceutical industry as a regional operations manager, and he had a huge influence. He, he had that conversation with me that made me go from my marketplace ministry and just working and doing those things to doing full-time vocational ministry. Huge influence on my life. I think back to bosses and colleagues who have invested in me or helped me along the way. I think of my family who've supported me when things have gotten tough and just been there and had my back through all of it. I think even back to my childhood when I grew up, the fact that my parents went knew Jesus and they, they took me to church and they, they helped me know and have that relationship with him, huge influence on my life. My hope is throughout this series that each person here is not only realizes that you're influenced by others, but you also are an influencer. Each one of you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what's happened in your life, you are an influencer. And the decision you have to make now is what kind of influencer are you going to be? See, now, now all, not all influence is good, right? And we know that. There's several different types of influence. I mean, if you're, uh, if there's, the first of the one is, is the negative influence. And this is the most damaging type of influence. I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I'm going to go out today and be a negative influence. I mean, I just don't think that's where we are. I mean, we all are like, no, we want to make a, a good impact on others. But the reality is I know even my life, there's been times in my life where I've been a negative influence. Something's been going on in my life, and it's not been a good thing to do. It's not, I've not been a good influence on others. And so, man, we got to protect against that at all costs. We need to avoid being a negative influence. And on the opposite side, of there's, a, there's a positive influence. I mean, I think this is what I think everybody wants to aspire to. We all want to become a, a positive influence on others, leading by example. I think this is what most people hope for to be to others. Like when, when you think of uh, a child, when a child ob observes a mom helping somebody in need, there's that positive influence. When a dad even just shows kids maybe how to change the oil, there's a positive influence, that time even that they spend. When someone shares their expertise, maybe in their area of craft, and, and they just help somebody else instead of holding on to it themselves, but they invest in others as they are a positive influence on them. When someone just brings smile and laughter and encouragement into a really tough situation, 
there's so many different ways that as we go through our day, each and every day, that we can be positive influence on those around us. But there's also another influence, and it's called the neutral influence. And, and at first glance, this may seem to be a very innocuous type of influence. This influence doesn't take away any value, but it doesn't add any value anyway. It really doesn't do anything. I think this is too often where Christ followers can get when we live our lives without purpose. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But we all know that negative and, and neutral, they're not good, and positive influence is the best. But I want to challenge us today to become something more, something more than just a positive influence. As followers of Jesus, we are called to th take things a step further. And to, I think we're going to have opportunities in our lives to be life-changing influence. See, life-changing influence is about impacting people in a way that is, their life is permanently changed by the influence that you had, even when you're not with them on a daily basis. Those you influence in this way may remain positively in, uh, impacted, and I think that this type of influence is, that we, is one that we have on our kids, right? I mean, we have them for such a time, and we, our hope is that we have life-changing influence on the things that we invest into our kids, that when they leave us, when they go away, that those things will impact their lives beyond the time that they've been with us. But I really think this type of influence is the type that Jesus has called us to, and it goes beyond investing in our kids. He's challenged us to become this to everyone that we come in contact with. As Jesus was preparing for his final days, he delivered a message called the Sermon on the Mount. And in that message, he gave us instructions on what it meant to be, as, as his followers, to influence others, what that really looked like to influence others. He said that we were to be the salt and light. He said we're to be the salt and light to people around us. Well, what does that really mean? Well, we're going to dive into the book of Matthew. If you've got your Bibles with us, you can open up. If you've got your phones, you can do that as well. If you need a Bible, we've got some Bibles in the back. And if you're online and you need one, let us know. We'd love to be able to send one off to you. But we're going to be Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 15. And we're going to look at the message paraphrase. Sometimes um, I, when I prepare, I, I look at a lot of different translations, but sometimes the message just says it in a way that's just like, hey, this is straightforward. And I really love how they say it this way. So Jesus starts by telling us to be salt. In Matthew 5, 13, it says, Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. I love that, the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. That's pretty explanatory right there, isn't it? So what do we know about salt, though? What does it mean to be salty? What does that really look like? Well, in first century Middle East, salt had two purposes. So first, salt was used as a preservative. Obviously, there was no refrigeration at the time. And in the Middle East, it gets pretty warm. So food, especially things like meat, would be packed in salt so that it would act as a preservative to keep the meat from spoiling. I don't know if you guys have ever thrown away meat. We, we threw away, uh, I think, a roast or something this one time. Uh, it was a mistake. I mean, it, it was, we threw it away and we put it in the garbage and it smelled horrible. And you open it up and there was maggots all like crawling all over it. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know. It's just, it was like horrible. And it's like, what the heck? But that's what salt was done. It was packed in the salt to just be able to keep that from, from, from spoiling. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling his followers, he knew that they would be challenged, but he's encouraged them to remember who they were. Remember 
who they were and preserve who they were. And this is the same for us today. Jesus knew that there would be challenges that we would face in this world. He knew that, there, that the power of sin and that, that, that sin would try to spoil us and try to corrupt us. So he urged us to keep our saltiness. I know sometimes you can hear and someone can be called salty and that's really not a good thing, but that's really not what Jesus, because Jesus is telling us here to be salty for the sake of preserving who we are in Christ. Well, salt was not only used as a preservative, but it was also used as a flavor enhancer. It still is today. And I'm learning this more and more. Uh, my wife and I, we've been um, cooking HelloFresh um, recently for the last probably six months or so, maybe even longer than that. And I'd, I'd usually do some grilling, but did not much in the, in the kitchen because I don't know what to do. But I can follow instructions, and I do pretty good that way. But learning and, and cooking with this, the chef that created all these, these uh, re- recipes, I've realized how much you salt things. I mean, it's crazy. Like last night, we just made a meal that was, was chicken with this fig sauce with potatoes and, and green beans. You salt the green beans, you salt the potatoes, you salt the chicken, and you even salt the, the fig sauce. I mean, it was like you put salt on everything. But I really love this analogy because living as a Christ follower is not to become a boring life. We need to bring some flavor in our life. And our influence on others needs to preserve and be consistent with who God has called us to be. But that's not boring and that's not dull. It's an influence that is life-changing. Okay, so Jesus calls us to be salt. But he moves right on after that and he says, he tells us to become light as well. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. There it is again. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've I put you here on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. See, our faith in Jesus, it's not something to hide. It's not something to be ashamed of, or not not something even just to hold on and keep to ourselves. That is all to be shared, to be influencing other people around us. Let's go back to this idea of this neutral influence that I talked about a second ago. And this is what I think Jesus is talking about when he addresses, when he says this. He says, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. See, light under bucket is neutral influence. It's not causing any harm. It's not a negative influence, but it's not a positive influence either because it has no impact on anything unless whatever it is that's under the bucket. And I want to talk to you guys a minute, especially those of you who are followers of Jesus. Are you being salt and light? What does that look like in your world? I'm going to press in just a little bit more here too as well. And this isn't, isn't about Northern Hills Church and, and the people here, but it's really about the capital C church in general. I'm afraid that too often we live out our faith under a bucket without any light and without any flavor. Our faith has become personal, which isn't a bad thing. And there's, we definitely want to have that personal part of our faith. But too often, that's where it stops. 
We are too afraid, too scared, intimidated, and too inconvenienced to live out our faith with salt and light. We become too comfortable coming to church on Sunday morning. Again, not a bad thing. Or watching online, definitely not a bad thing. And getting inspiration for a week. Those are good pieces of things. But we become consumers of faith instead of living out our faith throughout the opportunity that God gives us each and every day to influence those people who are right around us. I'm not saying that we all need to be preachers, that we need to stand on a corner or knock on doors, but God has placed you exactly where he wants you to use you to influence others, to be a life-changing influencer. The question is, will you? Will you? See, the deal is, our world right now, it's hurting. It's a hurting place, especially in these times of uncertainty. We need to avoid contributing to the negative influence, of course. But we can't afford to be just neutral influences as well. We need to be a force of positive influence. And even better yet, when we rely on the power of God, we can become life-changing influencers. Throughout the rest of this series, we're going to take a week each week and dive into the three different things that we think that will help us become those life-changing influencers. And the three things 